one. One, two. All American Chelsea Podcast. Check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever But as long as it's here Then we might as well shine together Better now than never Business before pleasure P. Diddy and the fam Who you know do it better Yeah, right, no matter what Be airtight So when you hear some Be sure you hear it right Don't make an ass out of yourself Be my assuming I'm using keeps you moving What are you chewing? You know that I'm Bubbles above me, baby Hug me, baby I'ma make you love me, baby Talking crazy Ain't gonna get you nothing but choke And that jealousy is only gonna leave you broke. So the only thing left now is God for these cats. And babe, you know you're too hard for these cats. I'm a wing cause I'm too smart for these cats. While they making up facts, you making up flats. In the commission, you ask for permission to hit him. He don't like me, him and wild wife, he was with him. You heard of us, the murderers, most shady. Been on the low lately, the feds hate me. The sun is they say my killing's too blatant. You hesitating, I'm in your mama crib waiting. Not taping, your fam, destiny lays in my hands. Get lays in my waist. Francis, M to the is H phenomenal. Gun rest under your vest, body of Domino. Rhyme a few bars so I can buy a few cars. Then I kick a few flows so I can pimp a few holes. Excellence is my presence. Never tense, never hesitate. Even make a bit real quick, real sick. Wrong nights, I perform like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action, back guns, ridiculous. And I'm quick to bust if my ends you touch. Kids are girl you touch. In this world I clutch. Two auto, matos. Used to call me fatso. Now you call me Castro. My rap flows, militant. Y'all faggots ain't killing shit. Oops, Chris Dow keeps spilling shit. You overdid it, homie. You in the danger zone. Shouldn't be alone. Right. It was only proper that I opened up this podcast with the classic song Victory from PDD and the Family. Let me tell you something. Back in, what, this song came out in 1997, 1998. I was in 8th grade. Yeah, I was in 8th grade. I was on the West Pembroke Pines Optimist football team. And this was like one of the hype up songs that uh we would get one of uh I would get one of um on the way to the games, uh one of the homies have his mom put in the C D and put this song on. This was one of the, definitely the hype up songs. I mean like just when Big says on raw nights I perform like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan. Jackson action like like that line right there any on raw nights I perform like Mike anyone Tyson Jordan action Jackson pack guns we did that like that line always blows my head like you know so what's going on everybody first <coughs> shit already coughing so first I want to say thank you uh number one to the homie Nini uh, for coming on on Friday's episode of the podcast. Uh, I had a phenomenal, phenomenal time talking to the kid. And I like I can't thank him enough. And 
he kept checking in. You know, Needy's competitive, man. Needy's competitive. You, you don't want to fire him up because he 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 you know he gets he's he's a proud man. Like you know he gets his chest up out, and I can I can hear it in his voice. You can see it in the videos when he gets challenged and stuff, and he has to call people out. He tones it down, but but. I, I know the guy. I know the guy. So this whole weekend, he was texting me, hey, what are the numbers? What are the numbers? Because he asked me, like, who has the top podcast, like, of all the guests that I've brought on? And I'm like, yo, Joe Tweedy, like, still, after I had had him on, he's, his episode is still getting numbers, still getting numbers. And Nini was like, all right, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. I got it. I'm like, yeah, man, I hope in 24 hours from now, I can get, you know, X amount of listens. For the episodes, I ah, don't worry, don't worry, I got you, bro. Less than forty-eight out, forty-eight hours later, yeah, less than forty-eight hours. Nini's episode doubled, doubled Joe's episode. And let me tell you something: like the numbers is kind of high, like the numbers high for Joe, um, for the episode. So it was a, it was a high bar to 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 meet and surpass. And Nini's number, Nini's episode blew it out of the water. And I want to thank him for the social media push and then i want to thank you guys the listeners for you know tweeting at me the retweets the likes all that shit helps man and and i'm happy that you guys enjoyed the episode so you know i i i uh i hope to bring you more episodes like that and um in the future and i hope this one is one of those like what i got for you guys today uh it's pretty it's definitely going to be the best episode that I've done by myself. Uh, unfortunately, today I had a scheduling issue with uh, one of the guests. And um, he knows who he is. And I'm just saying I'm throwing a little bit of shade at him. You know who you are. You know who you are. Why you couldn't make this episode of the podcast. I ain't going to say any names. But we know who you are. So, But it's all good. It's all good. Things happen. The... The scheduling issue was out of the control, quote unquote, of the guest that couldn't make it on. So I'm throwing a little bit of shade at you. You know who you are. So anyways, so this one I'm going to be doing Mr. Solo Dolo coming to you on the mic is the guest for today. Yay, Solo Dolo, Solo Dolo. What's happening, Solo Dolo? Solo Dolo is me. So this weekend on Saturday... We opened up our Premier League campaign against Huddersfield Town. And going into the game, we had a lot of questions. In preseason, we were only we only scored one goal uh, in all our games, and two of them came down to penalties. So going into this, I personally felt like I don't give a shit, sorry or no sorry, you know, we definitely had and have enough quality on the squad that bringing in sorry late having the world cup uh wednesday being last wednesday being the first time the full squad played together um i i felt like that wasn't an excuse for us not to you know get a result at minimum against huddersfield but watching the game you know we won 3-0. And you might think that it's definitely a good result. And you might think that it was 
an easy victory. Zero, like pfft, that's that's they ain't shit. But nah, man, like it was good. To, it was refreshing to see that. Okay, like we can we can put up goals against a Premier League side um, after our preseason. So I noticed a few things going in. So let's first and and and, and bear with me because this this is the first time I kind of do a match review. And I'm going to do it a little bit different than what you're accustomed to. Because you guys have already seen the highlights. You know we've won 3-0. You know the first goal came from uh, my man N'Golo Kante. The second goal was a penalty um, by Jorginho. And the third goal was Eden Hazard setting up Pedro beautifully. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Let's start in the beginning. Because I, I feel like there was a question that after the game kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up, and I was like, damn, like, why? Why? Let, 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 you know, and when I get to the question, I'm going to answer the question because once I found the answer to the question, it blew my mind, all right? So we're going to go into a little bit of tactics today. So we start off the game playing, we played 4-3-3, they played 3-5-1-1. Our starting lineup was Kepa. Arisabalaga. You like the way I say that? I had to roll the R's for Kepa. So we have Kepa starting. Overall, um, on my on my app, which is FootMob, shout out to FootMob, he received a 7.4 rating. So I felt like he did fine. Um, there was just one time where he was kind of like it was like uh, like kind of a weird situation and that was when shit what was his name for what was his name for Huddersfield um it started with and uh, yeah my oh, fuck Steve number 24 their striker um he headed the ball towards Manui. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it wrong. He headed the ball. on. It was a uh, corner kick. And on the corner kick, I watched the replay a few times. And on the corner kick, and this is, I'm explaining Kepa's game, right? So this was the only time that Kepa kind of got, like, he was in a touchy situation. So it was a corner kick. Um, Huddersfield crosses the ball in. And then it was cleared out, not cleared out, but headed on, on Morata's guy. And the ball went backwards and Manue hit the post. He headed it and he, it hit the post. And that was the only time that Kepa was kind of like challenged. Like it was only like he was out of position, but there was really not much he could have done. All right. So that's Kepa's game. He had a 7.4. I think he, he played... It's hard to say that he played great because he really didn't do much. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really didn't have an opportunity to... That's the better word. He didn't have an opportunity to play great. So it was hard to give him anything more than, yeah, he got a 7.4. He did fine. Like, he did fine. He distributed the ball well. He didn't kick the ball out of bounds. I didn't feel like even, you know, even though he came in on Wednesday. Wednesday, I think he came in. Thursday. He got there on Thursday. He got there on transfer deadline day. Transfer deadline day? He was officially announced transfer deadline day. So his first training was Thursday, Friday. 
But he did fine. He did fine. I, I felt like he didn't really do... He didn't make me feel, like, worried, you know? Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso's rating was 8.1. Now, during wa watching the game... So, I had to watch the game. I always watch each game a few times. Once live where I don't have any notes, no notepads, no nothing. I'm enjoying the game as is. So, Saturday, I'm enjoying the game as is. I wake up early. Game started at 10. I was up at nine. I want to say nine. Out of bed at nine. Up, up, like awake by like eight or change or whatever. And I was texting, bullshitting back and forth, checking up on the day. So I get up out of bed. And every other every other uh, weekend, I landscaper comes. So I knew he was coming. I'm like, please, God, please don't come in the middle of the game. And sure enough, first 20 minutes into the game, boom, there he comes. I have to get up out of the off the couch. Take square him away, open the gate, blah blah blah, BBB. And he always this guy's always wanting to chit chat. Like, yo, I don't have time to chit chat. Like, you I'm watching my game, man. Like, he's always chit chatting. Then my son wakes up and da 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 da. I gotta get his breakfast going. So the first half an hour, I missed it. Like pretty much. I was in and out of the house, in and out in front of the TV, but I pretty much missed the first half an hour. So it was good that I had to rewatch it. So the first time I saw the game live. I, I'm like, damn, like Marcus Alonso, like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I'm an Emerson guy. But on the rewatch, I'm watching Alonso. I'm like, he had a really good game. He had a better game than 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 I thought that he had. And and I asked myself the question, why am I an Emerson guy? Am am I an Emerson guy because I feel like he's a better athlete? Which no problem, he can very well be the better athlete of the two. But it's not like Marcus Alonso is shit, you know? He's not bad. Like he And he had a good game. Now, did he have a good game because we played against Huddersfield Town? Like, these are the things, and this is why the season is so exciting to me. Like, these are questions that we're going to have and maintain and maintain and maintain. It's not like, you know, it's set. All we got to do is show up and play. No, like, like. These things intrigue me. Like, you look deeper into the game, like, further into the game. And th this is why I love this sport. Like, there's always something to look at. So, Marcus Alonso, left back. He had a, a, a very good game. A very good game. A way better game than what um, I originally saw. David Luiz. David Luiz had a, he had a rating of 7.4. That's fair. Um... I feel like sometimes he was called out, um, caught out of position. Not caught out out of position, but he had to hustle more. Maybe if he was in better position, maybe not. Like I was rewatching the game, and I and and of course the things that I saw of him being out of position is not like because he was out of position or because he had to sprint back to cover somebody that it was a liability or a vulnerability. It was just is what it was. It was part of the play, and he had to move back. Like, I really don't have any negative criticism. I mean, he got a 7.4. It's perfectly fine. Rudiger. Rudiger, another one. Rudiger is the reason why we scored our second goal on the penalty. He won the header back, then passed it up to Morata. Rudiger throughout this game, the only thing I kept seeing was any single time that he was involved in a 50-50 or going after the ball, he ran away and the other person was on the ground. 
Rudiger's a fucking man, a mountain of a man. That dude bodies everybody. Any single time he goes into anything where two, him and somebody else are clashing, the other guy's going down. Fact. Like, no doubt about it, the other dude's going down. Aspie. Aspie had the worst game out of the four. <sighs> Rating 6.9. He had the worst game out of the four. But again, I... I, I it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to say that he was a liability. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, again, we need to see more. We need to see more. Um, we need to continue monitoring the situation to see if he is going to re remain our starting right back. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Zappacosta takes his place. I can't imagine that Victor Moses takes his place. But we still need to, you know, it's not like a set it and forget it. He's not set it and forget it. He, this is now a couple of games where he's still maybe getting reaccustomed to playing right back. And, you know, we got to continue looking into the future. Uh, continue monitoring his play into the future on, on, um, on further games. Now, my favorite part of this season. My favorite part of this season. The midfield, Jorginho, 8.0. And Golo Kante, a goal scorer, 7.7. Ross Barkley, 7.0. Now, one thing I noticed, and again, the question after the game is, oh, the first half was difficult. Everybody watching it, the first half was difficult. And I was watching the first half, and the thing that I noticed, and this is why the midfield will remain my favorite part of this team this season. So, one thing I noticed, in the preseason, I noticed that Jorginho follows the ball. So, if the ball goes to the left, Jorginho's going over there to the left to provide an outlet. And he's also pointing where he thinks the ball is going to go next. He's the point guard, the quarterback, the regista. That's his role. And it, it, he, it's clear that that's what he's going to do. Now, one thing that I noticed, and, and let me know if you guys noticed too. And this I hadn't noticed in the preseason. So if you noticed it and you're like, oh, duh, well, fuck you. In the first half, especially, Ross Barkley, and after the game, everybody's like, oh, and Golo Kante's new role, forward. No, 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 no. He's not always forward and always offensive. More offensive, yes, than last season and, pre and the season before, but not always offensive, at least in this game. So. What Angolo Conte and Ross Barkley would do is in the and, and and for me the first half is everything. The first half is the most exciting half because a, a most exciting part of the game. Even though Hazard came on in the second half, but the first half is like where the where the game was. And yes, we did score two goals, so you can say that. Oh yeah, of course the game was over by the time we go into the second half. But I feel like the first half had everything. So. Ross Barkley, if the ball's on the left, Ross Barkley's pushing super high. With, uh, and with, uh, he's pushing super high up on, uh, on the field. And Jorginho and Kante would stay kind of level. Uh, maybe Kante would be ahead, but they would be more or less level. Now, let's say, uh, let's, for example, Marcus Alonso is pushing the ball up on the left-hand side. Jorginho's following him, staying level with Marcus Alonso, and Golo Kante a little bit ahead of that uh, of uh, 
of uh, Jorginho. Marcus Alonso would pass it to Jorginho. Jorginho would turn to give it to the right-hand side. And N'Golo Kante would shoot up on the right-hand side. And Ross Barkley would come back. If N'Golo Kante had the ball or whatever, he would get it. That little wrinkle, that little detail, I didn't see it in the preseason. Whether I got to go back to, to watch a few minutes to see if that was uh, a part of Sarri's system um, during the preseason. But I definitely noticed it big time now, big time in this game. And it was, it, that was so interesting to me. Like, holy shit, like, it's not that N'Golo Kante is all on, on, on the, uh, on the, you know, all the way is on the front. And then you would think that, oh, we had it. What the hell? My microphone. I don't know if you guys are hearing that buzz. I'm hearing it, but whatever. I'm going to try to get rid of that. Um, could it be my, no, no, it's gone. Okay. Oh, it's. What the fuck? Oh, well. Okay. So, I guess I figured it out. So, it wasn't that N'Golo Conte was, you know, his new offensive... It's It wasn't just that. It was the fact that... um, It wasn't just that. When you just say that N'Golo Conte's new position... Up up front, higher up in the pitch, you're leaving out that Ross Barkley was doing the same thing. And when Ruben Loftus-Cheek came in in the second half, it God damn it with this damn buzz. All right, so we're gonna have to bear with it with the buzz. All right, so it was Ross Barkley doing the same as well, and they were kind of like playing off like that. Now on defense, though, when we wouldn't have the ball, and Golo Conte would sprint back. And then they would play him in, in Jorginho would play uh, like a two man midfield, and Ross Barkley tended to be a little bit higher up, unless um, unless it was Ross Barkley that that the ball was. What the fuck is going on? Hold on, guys. What? I don't know what that buzz is. What the hell is that buzz? I don't know what that buzz is. I hope you don't hear it. So, intended, you know, Ross Barkley would come back, but it, the, the the focus was definitely Jorginho and N'Golo Conte coming back, sprinting back as fast as they can. Uh, Ross Barkley, he, I felt like, played super high up on the pitch, even when it was 0-0, even when it was 1-0. He was super, super higher, higher up on the pitch than N'Golo Conte was, as opposed in the second half, N'Golo Conte, uh, Ross Barkley wasn't as high as he was in the first half, but N'Golo Conte remained higher up on the pitch. Uh, William, William's rating was a 7.2. Um, William's rating was a 7.2. <sighs> William, William, William. William did get the assist for N'Golo Conte, but I felt like... I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve I'm gonna reserve my my like like I it's like we've already seen what William does you know what I'm saying like he, this is what he normally does he you know like he yes he got yes he got the cross to for N'Golo Conte for the assist yes on um, the Marcus Alonso when he Marcus Alonso got the penalty William used the ball to move 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 the ball along um but. 
it's not like he did much more, you know? He got the ball. Um, one, there was a breakaway with him and Alvaro Morata. He overhit the ball and he lost the ball. So things like that, like, <coughs> excuse me, he, he remains, he keeps doing it. So I don't know, like, obviously he was playing on the left and Hazard when he came in, when he came off. So Hazard, that's Hazard's position. Hazard will remain the starter. So we won't, William would be the substitute, but I, I don't, I don't expect a, a new William. Willing, you know, under sorry. I I think it's just gonna be more of the same, you know. Um, Alvaro Morata, six point three, not fair. I think it's higher than that. Whoa, don't hate. I think it's higher than that. And Alvaro Morata, Morata was the reason why we scored the, the got the PK. Don't believe me. You don't believe me that he was the reason we got the PK. Word. Watch this. Listen. My problem with this goal is uh, we've known exactly how to avoid this goal. Not in the last line. This was quality which they've shown with this one-touch football which they've played. But in the first line, it was easy to avoid that they come into our final third. And this was not uh, what we wanted to do. Listen to what he said there. He said, and that was the coach, uh, David... Talk. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't write down his name. It's here in the app. David Wagner, the coach for Huddersfield Town. David Wagner. He says that, again, I'll replay it. It's a real quick, quick clip. My problem with this goal is uh, we've known exactly how to avoid this goal. Not in the last line. This was quality which they've shown with this one-touch football which they've played, but in the first line, it was easy to avoid that they come into our final third, and this was not uh, what we wanted to do. So he says there he doesn't have a problem with the last line in the final third with the one-two. So the way it happened, I'm, I'm, I'm going to build up the play for you. You have Antonio Rudiger wins the ball back more or less just, just on our side, on the defensive side of the field. Um right around half, but on our side, let's call it 10, 15 yards. He wins the ball back. He passes the ball up to Alvaro Morata. Morata passes it to William. He has his back. He's holding up the ball, holds up the play, has his back uh, to the goal, gets the ball, passes it to William. William pushes the ball up to Pedro. Pedro then gives it back to Jorginho. Jorginho, Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley, one, two, two. Uh, Marcus Alonso Marcus Alonso goes in the box gets the penalty so Morata was key for that goal not my words that's David Wagner's words 6.3 is a little low for the man another um, another point with Morata's game Morata wins free kick with great hold-up play towards the end of the game. He held up the play, um, wins a free kick, and it was the free kick for Hazard, I'm not mistaken. The Hazard got it like in the 80th minute. And if you watch Morata throughout the game, yes, his job is striker to win, to just score goals. But there's other things that he needs to do. 
my biggest criticism with him last year and most people's biggest criticism was the falling over this that or the other the complaining this game there was none of that he hit the ground yes but he got up there was one where he complained and he felt like he was fouled but he put his hands up dust himself off got up on the hold up play in the second half he claim he was holding his face. He claims that he got kicked in the face. And if you watch the replay, the slow motion, it's hard to see, but it's possible. It wasn't like he was inventing, you know? It wasn't like he was pretending to get fouled and hurt. Um, and then towards the end of the game, in like the 90th-something minute, he had a shot on goal. And the shot on goal was a good shot. It was a clear, good shot on goal. I'm not sure if it would have been saved because it was blocked for a corner kick, but he had a good shot on goal. So my point is that the man had not a bad game. He had a bunch of build-up plays. He was, according to David Wagner, I mean, if you want to argue, don't argue with me. Argue with David Wagner, the coach, the manager of Huddersfield Town. If Morata was involved in the build-up play, or if, if he is the reason why um, they scored, we scored the penalty. Um, he says it right there, so I'm not sure. You know, six point three. I don't buy. It. I, I think that sh- there should be a little bit higher. He should be at least a seven. Um, he had an opportunity in the first half, but he was offsides, and I felt like yes, even though he did hit the ball wide. I felt like he he knew he was offside. He had heard the whistle. He saw the flag or whatever, and he was just like, ah, fuck it. And he just kicked it. So I, 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 I think we're going to be okay when it comes to him. I think we're going to be okay. If he has more games like this where, you know, take scoring aside, take scoring aside, where he has more games where he just, where he literally just fixed the biggest complaint that everybody had, the complaining, the hitting the ground or whatever. And his reasons are that he had a back injury. As somebody who suffers from two slip discs in the bottom of my back, like I know that shit is no joke when your back goes out. It is no joke, not fun. Um, When your back goes out, he, um, you know, he has, he may have a legitimate, legitimate reason, but I think we're going to be okay. Especially, I mean, we got no choice. Mishi went on loan. Mishi went on loan to Valencia, which is hilarious. The man calls himself Batsman. And he went to a team whose crest has a bat. Like, the irony of all irony. Um, So, my opinions on, on Mishi going on loan, I wish... If you know, no problem with him going on loan. I just wish that we weren't so light at striker. Maybe this means that Tammy Abraham stays, and so we we have the three strikers of Morata, Giroud, Tammy Abraham. Um, I just wish that we had brought in somebody like Marshall as well to 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 kind of reinforce or be have another option. But you know, the man says, sorry, says that that he's gonna ride with those three then. I got no problem with it, at least not now. Then we have Pedro at 8.5, who just who got man of the match. Um, Pedro had... Did Pedro have a, ba- a good game? Pedro had... Pedro had a 7... Uh, 
and it, I mean, yeah, he scored. He scored the third goal. See, here's my problem with Pedro. Pedro, Pedro did fine. Pedro hustled. He always hustled. I mean, no doubt about it. He always hustles. He's always running his ass off. But Pedro's, Pedro did, did two things that that Hazard showed the quality, the difference between somebody like Pedro and somebody like Hazard. So Pedro had two breakaways, one with Angolo Conte that everybody sees. Angolo Conte should have had a brace or could have had a brace, better yet. Because Pedro took off with the ball. He had, if I'm not mistaken, Morata on the left and Conte wide open on the right. But for whatever reason, he didn't pick up his head to see N'Golo Conte on the right. Whether that was he wasn't accustomed, like in his mind, he wasn't accustomed to having somebody on the right since he is the right winger. Um, especially not real, like not not anticipating that it, the person that's going to be there is N'Golo Conte. So for whatever reason, I would like to ask him or may I mean he probably didn't even think about that. Like that's just in his subconscious. Like it just happened. Um and then it happened again later on in the game. So it was two opportunities. Versus Hazard. Hazard came in in the second half. By the way, he played 14 minutes. He had the stat was he played 14 minutes, and in 14 minutes he had four or six take-ons. One of the two. But either way, whatever number it is, in those 14 minutes, he had the most take-ons in, in the Premier League with a 100% success rate. Like, the, the, our, our team without Eden Hazard is completely different than the team with Eden Hazard. Like, it, that goes without saying. I, I don't have to tell you guys that. You guys are smart. So, now. Here we go. My favorite part. This is the part that's interesting. This is the part. Okay, so I started playing soccer, football in 2011. It's 2008. I played two times a week, three times. I'm taking a break now. I felt a little something in my knee. I tore in 2014. I tore my meniscus and I tore and I severely sprained my MCO playing soccer. Um but this time, like, so recently, like three weeks ago, I took a break because I felt a tingling and a warmth in my knee. But that I wasn't, I was, I'm accustomed to feeling some, something in there because um, your meniscus never heals. Your meniscus never grows back. So if you tear it, it the, the fix is having a surgery. And what they do in the surgery is they just cut it out. I think now there's uh, techniques where they put in an artificial meniscus, but my doctor, the orth- the orthopedic surgeon, the orthopedic doctor at the time, he was like, look, dude, if you were a professional, I would tell you opt for surgery. But since you're not a professional, like six months of rehab or and you'll be fine. And I read reports and studies that there's um, they did a study that one group had a meniscus surgery and the other group had six months of rehab and both groups at the end of six months tested relatively the same they had the same outcome the same results so i i figured like i don't need to open up i don't need another hole in my body all right like i want to limit as many holes that i have in my body as humanly possible so but anyway so what i was getting ah so 2011 I started playing soccer. So it's now 2018. So what I always do is when I watch, and this I had mentioned this to Joe, uh, Joe Tweedy. Shout, 
And this story, this is why we bend the knee in front of Joe Tweedy. Like Joe Tweedy. Joe Tweedy speaks, you fucking listen. Because Joe Tweedy was instrumental on answering me, answering the question why, why the first half was so goddamn difficult for Chelsea. So I've always watched games and I watch the positions that I play. I watch the positions that I tend to gravitate to. I always play in midfield and I always play in defense. I just prefer to play there. And also, I, I can afford to be a little bit more athletic and not so skilled up front with the ball. I, it, it, whatever. It's, it's not about me. So, the re, so, before the game, I mean, after the game, Everybody, you know, during the game on Twitter, everybody was talking about how the first half was super difficult and how the second half we looked completely different. After the game, it was, again, the question, why? So Maurizio Sarri was interviewed after the game. So here he poses the question. Here the question comes up for the first time. Listen. That uh, it was a very, a very easy game, a very easy match, but uh, in the first half it was very difficult. Uh, very physical uh, opponents and so for us uh, we are not a physical team so for for, for 20 minutes uh, we were a bit uh, in trouble but uh, then I think uh, we have done very very well for the moment in this moment for us uh, I think it's not really very easy to gain points we are not at, at the top in this moment what pleased you the most about your performance? What was the best thing about the performance? Was the the capacity to, to, to suffer for 20 minutes in the first half. So he said it there twice. The first half, we suffered. The first half was difficult. The first half, the first half, the first half. Now keep in mind, when I started this, I told you we played 4-3-3 and a they played Huddersfield Town in a 3-5-1-1. So again, that was when that was in the tunnel. They asked in the interview, sorry. And he brings up the first half. So again, in the post-match, here's sorry. Again, he brings up the question. And he's like, yeah, the first half was difficult. So they asked him, why was the first half difficult? And he answers. Uh, the, the the first half was uh, was hard. If you if you look at uh, the result, uh, you can uh, think about uh, an easy game. But uh, in the first half, we were in uh, trouble uh, for for 15 uh, minutes against a very physical team. Uh, we are not uh, a physical team. And I think the, the, the best of the game is the capacity of uh, Safa uh, for 15 minutes in the first half. Then I think in the second half the opponents were a bit tired and uh, it was uh, easier. Did you catch the answer? Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay, cool. Again, he answers the question again. Why was the first half so difficult? And no, it, it was uh, really hard for us because they, they played all uh, matches of the preseason in 4-2-3-1. Only one match, I think, in 4-3-3. Uh, we have never played uh, uh, with a 3-5-1-1. 
Uh, and so we were not ready to, to this situation. Uh, for us, it, it was a problem because uh, the, this team has uh, uh, not the, the experience uh, against uh, uh, every scheme. Uh, uh, and so maybe for the, Napoli, uh, for the Naples in the last year it was not a problem. For uh, Chelsea, after uh, with all the players, uh, uh, three days uh, uh, of training uh, because the last two arrived uh, two days ago, uh, is clear uh, a little problem. So there, he answered it. He answered it. The question is, why was the first half so difficult? Well, the first half was difficult because they were playing in a 3-5-1-1 and we were playing a 4-3-3. We've only had a few days to train together and in Napoli, I had been there so many times, I had been there for so long, the team had seen so many different formations, so it was easy for them to adjust. For us, it wasn't, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, it wasn't so, it's not so easy because we just started training together. Oh, that's the answer why the first half was so difficult. You understand? Oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. And this is why. This is fucking why Joe Tweedy is the man. So when I interviewed Joe Tweedy, after the fact, I asked him questions. I go, Joe, I want to, expl I want to increase my knowledge of the game. I want to know more about the game. And he suggested four or five different books. I didn't, my fault, write him down when he suggested him. So I, I DM'd him again and I asked him, Joe, I want to, I'm ready. I'm on Amazon. I'm ready to buy a book. Where should I start? Joe suggested a book. That book is Attacking Soccer, a Tactical Analysis by Massimo Lucchesi. Okay, order it. Book comes in. Book is very small. How can this have so much knowledge in it? I goddamn keep hitting everything. Sorry. I turn and the table of contents. Check this out. Table of contents. Chapter three. And I haven't gone into this book yet. I've, I'm just in the very beginning. But if you look, chapter three. What does chapter three say? The principle of attacking solutions of the 4-3-3 system. Holy shit. That's what Chelsea's playing this season. 4-3-3 system. Boom. You go to page 79. Check this shit out. Page 79. The 4-3-3 against the 3-5-2. That's what Huddersfield played. Now, let me read to you what it says. Let me read to you what it says. And I, then, I wish you guys, and I hope if you guys can rewatch the game, rewatch it knowing what I'm about to say. Ready? Check this shit out. As we have already seen, it rarely happens that three men defense is lined up to control three forwards when two of these are playing wide. In the 3-5-2, the 3-5-2 will give clear superiority to our opponent's midfield. Ready? And then, and this can be constrated. What the fuck? Cat, con 
whatever. Con whatever. C-O-N-T-R-A-S-T-D. Contrast, motherfucker. Contrast by allowing them to advance so that their side midfielders are deep enough to be controlled by the side backs. The side backs are left backs, are the are the left back and right back of the four three three. Now here's the chapter that blew me away. Ready? When playing against the three five two, it is dangerous to go into offensive pressing because by doing so, we would be forced to move our side backs too far forward. Marcus Alonso, Aspie, leaving the center backs in a two against two situation with the opponents two strikers. What we what we should do then is give them space. They were pressing us, allowing them to come forward. They were pressing us. In that case, once we gain possession, we can counterattack using the wings and combinations between the forwards. Joe motherfucking Tweet T gives us, gives, suggested this book, used this book, and that's why we struggled in the first half. We struggled so much in the first half because they were staying, what I noticed, and I'm not an expert here, but I'm telling you what I saw. What I saw was they were staying in their shape. They were very compact. Then they would flood our midfield. Remember, Ross Barkley and Encante were switching off on who was shooting, who was going further up the field when the ball was on their side, leaving an imbalance, leaving an imbalance on the other, on, on behind that person, whoever that player was. So allowing them to counter, to, to, to counter attack. Bro. Then I switched to chapter, bro, check this shit out. Then I switched to chapter four, the principal attacking solutions of the 352 system. Ready? Page 108. The 352 against the 433. When playing against a team with the wings lined up wide, we can adjust the 352 in the following ways. A side midfielder. A side midfielder can be brought back to cover the one of the wings. A back can be placed wide to cover the other. By moving the players around in such a way, the three-man defense turns itself into a four-man defense. They switched to a four-man defense at the end of the game, but they didn't make a substitution in the defense. We can also stick to the 3-5-2 system by moving the side midfielders back. And the side midfielders, in this case, would be their wingbacks. They would have to mark the wings on the side of the field where the ball is not in play. If you want to play like this, however, the team must be, to, must be able to time things well and players must be skilled at moving back at the right moment. Having regained possession is important to exploit the numerical superiority in the midfield. Whenever we can, one or the other of the side midfielders must move up into attack. God damn! So much knowledge there. So much knowledge there. And that's why when he said, wait, replay this again. My problem with this goal is uh, we've known exactly how to avoid this goal. Not in the last line. This was quality which they've shown with this one-touch football which they've played. But in the first line, it was easy to avoid that they come into our final third. And this was not uh, what we wanted to do. Listen to this. Uh, the, the the first half was uh, was hard. If you if you look at uh, the result, uh, you can uh, think about uh, an easy game. But uh, in the first half, 
we were in uh, trouble uh, for, for 15 uh, minutes against a very physical team. Uh, we are not uh, a physical team. And I think the, the, the best of the game is the capacity of uh, Safa uh, for 15 minutes in the first half. Then I think in the second half the opponents were a bit tired and uh, it was uh, easier. Then this, thinking what I just read, thinking what I just read on how to counteract um, how to counter counterattack against a 4-3-3. You know, listen to Sorry again. And no, it, it was uh, really hard for us because they, they played all uh, matches of the preseason in 4-2-3-1. Only one match, I think, in 4-3-3. Uh, we have never played uh, uh, with a 3-5-1-1. And so we were not ready to, to this situation. Uh, for us, it, it was a problem because uh, the, this team has uh, uh, not the, the experience uh, against uh, every scheme. Uh, uh, and so maybe for the Napoli, uh, for the Naples in the last year, it was not a problem. For uh, Chelsea, after uh, with all the players, uh, uh, three days uh, uh, of training uh, because the last two arrived uh, two days ago, uh, is clear uh, a little problem. So there you go. He hasn't had enough time with them to plan on how to counteract or how to defend a 3-5-2. Even though, yes, they played a little bit different. Huddersfield played a little bit different. They played a 3-5-1-1 as opposed to a 3-5-2 like in the book. But 3-5-2, 3-5-1-1, same shit. Especially if you watch the game, the two strikers were saying one was, yes, slightly behind the other. But they were pretty much, I wouldn't they, you know, they weren't in line. But they might as well have been in line. So... Huddersfield was trying to attack us straight out of the book. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to do straight out of the book. However, they just didn't have, they just weren't good enough to, to be able to maintain or to be able to, 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 to be able to apply those tactics. They, they, they weren't good enough. Um, and, and even though they weren't good enough, since we weren't experienced enough, we couldn't break them down as easily as we will be able to do later on this season and next season. Um, damn, so much, so much knowledge, so much fucking knowledge. That's why I love this game, man. That's why I love this game. Like, it's, there's so many little details, so many little wrinkles that just, they just play in my mind all day long, all day long. Like, no other sport before. Like, American football, it's not that American football is as complex it is it's just as complex if not even more it's super complex but since i've played american football i know american football i i, I know I, i'm i'm comfortable in the tactics and the techniques something like soccer is foreign to me it's new to me so it's engaging it's like i need to know more i need to know more so little things like that 
are, are what fascinates me about this game. And uh, I'd, I'd love this game. Anyways, so next week we have Arsenal. I'm interested to see if Arsenal would hear what Sari said about the formation. Even though they'd lost, they got waxed by Manchester City 4-0. Uh, four to, four to um, I mean, you know, it's tough. Like, Manchester City, like, this is the third year under Pep. That team is a machine. I am happy that we're playing them later on in the season. That gives us enough time. I mean, I think that's to our benefit that we're lucky that we're playing a relatively, I mean, we're playing an easy schedule where we have Manchester City later on in the season um, where we can gel together and get more adept into Sari's system. So I'm interested to see if teams deploy a 3-5-2 or a three-back system to counteract our 4-3-3. Um, another thing that was interesting in the Arsenal game, I watched a little bit of it. Um, Arsenal was trying to play the ball out the back with Petr Cech and to their defenders and stuff. And it's funny, like, I remember when, when it felt like when Conte switched to a three-back system, the whole world switched to a three-back system. And now, I mean, yeah, you can give Pep the credit for last year playing the ball out the back with Ederson. Um, and now us, whether Pep got that from sorry, or, or they just both thought about it at the same time. I want to see if now with us playing a more, uh, playing the ball out the back, playing the ball out the press, if other teams are going to start to adopt that. And I think Arsenal yesterday, they tried to start adopting that. And a couple of times I was like, they're going to concede because of it. They're not. They're just not ready. They're just not ready to do that. And I don't feel like that way with us. I think like David Luiz, he has, he's great with the ball at his feet. Rudiger, um, Marcus Alon, I, I think we're going to be fine. Like, I don't feel like nervous when we're passing the ball out the back. So that's my match review. Um, It's a little bit different. I know it's different from what, you're accustomed to hearing what I'm accustomed to hearing because I listen to the match reviews as well. Um, but I, what I don't want to do is go in minute 69, this happened in minute 70, that happened in minute 71. I don't, I, I like, I don't want to give you a minute by minute play by play. Like, I don't think that's going to be interesting. That's not what, at least what would be interesting to me. Um, diving into more of what happened, the tactics, like that's way interesting way more interesting to me especially when we have so many match reviews and i feel like that aspect of it sometimes is left out um for whatever reason whether it's because of time or whatever whatever the case may be this is my lane and and this is how i'm you know i'm this is my lane and this is my race and i'm running my own race so i'm gonna hit you guys back up on wednesday the podcast will be out on wednesday i'm recording on tuesday i'm crossing my fingers that my guest comes in um and you hear the guest either wednesday friday or monday uh for the arsenal match um that's a little hint right there on who potentially could it be who could it be who could it be uh it's a big guest it's a well-known guest you're gonna know exactly who this person is if you're on youtube another hint um you're gonna know who he is 100 percent, 100 percent. so that that you got your two hints right there 
Arsenal and YouTube. That's all you need to know. If this dude comes through, and we've been emailing back and forth, so if he comes through, I'm going to be excited. Um, that's it. I'll see you guys on Wednesday with a guest. If not, it's going to be solo dolo again. So, all right, guys, that's it. 3-0 against Huddersfield. That's my match review. A little bit tech tactics coming at you. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for the positive feedback for the Nini episode. Thank you to Nini. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to all the retweets. I fucking love you guys, each and every single one of you. Your boy is out. Okay, before I'm out, coming right back. Um, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, All American Chelsea Podcast. Um, not All American Chelsea Podcast. All American CFC on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. Um, please, wherever you see the podcast, it's on all the major platforms. Subscribe, like, share. I don't know how each individual platform works. If it offers you to give you a, give a rating, please give a rating. That helps me out. All right. Again, I love you. Too like true boy. Imagine me, do boy. You could never do what I do, boy. Still ducking shit that I did, boy. Niggas in Paris for a hit, boy. These ain't the same type of hits, boy. Shit can get litter than lit, boy. You don't take these type of risks, boy. Cause this boy been throwing that D. Like rich boy, you miss boy Your numbers don't add up on the blow That was 10 years ago If you know, you know yeah. If you know, you know If you know, you know This thing of ours, oh this thing of ours A fraternity of drug dealers ringing off I just happen to be alumni Too legit, they still looking at me with one eye The company I keep is not corporate enough Child rebel soldier, you ain't often enough A rapper turned trapper can't morph into us But a trapper turned rapper can morph into puff Dance contest for the smokers I predict snow owl roker If you know, you know I only ever looked up to Sosa You all get a bird, this nigga Oprah Brick layers and ball shorts Coaching from the side of the ball court If you know, you know One stop like a Walmart We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport If you know, you know if you know about the carport, the trap door's supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. You ever been hit with the water weight? Then had to wait. Do you walk away? If you know, you know. When we all clicking like Golden State. And you and your team are the motorcade. If you know, you know. Been granting wishes like a genie to bad hoes in two-piece bikinis. I've been hiding where you can see me. The skybox is right next to Riri's. Solely responsible for showing rappers how to stand. On the front lines when trappers started throwing bands. Where were you when Big Meats brought the tigers in? Cause I was busy earning stripes like a tiger skin. Brick layers and ball shorts, coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know.